Welcome everybody to another Earth 2 Presents This Week in Comics comic book movie review. It's your boy Mo Crosby. I'm here again with Kyle. Hey Kyle, what's going on? Let people know what was good. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're good. We're good here. We about to, we about to talk Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, movie came out last weekend. Um, we did a spoiler review on the channel on YouTube. It's up there, but this one is for the podcast and you know we're about to go in all the way. So I'm here with Kyle. And I'm also here with a guest, uh, Daniel from, um, Daniel, you want to go, you know what, let me not, let me not mess this up. So Daniel, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell them where you're from? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you it. guys know me, you guys may know me as Deep Palm. I'm a editor over at MCR Network. I co-host the Character Corner, Super Tuesday, and all of our premium uh, movie review uh, podcasts over there. I also host the Unanimous Decision Podcast. It's a sports show that comes out once a week. And I'm very excited to be on talking about the uh, movie today. Thanks for having me. Yes, uh, thank thank you for being here, man. So MTR MTR Network, check them out. I actually follow MTR Network. I, I used to, uh, I really, really listen. That was one of my biggest inspirations to get into this podcast thing. So that's another topic for another show. But no, but Daniel, for real, for real, like you probably don't know this, but yeah, you guys are one of, you and Chris and all you guys are one of my inspirations for like getting into this thing. Because again, it's like, it's, it's such a huge space for people like, I don't want to say people like us, but like for, you know, color folks, like I'm colored, yeah. you know, like it's, it's a thing where like, it's a community and, and it's been the best experience of my life since I, I did, since I started doing this. So again, thank you guys for like, you know, doing your thing, check them out, MTR network. They have a premium, um, they have a premium service they offer and they have the, you know, their other regular stuff. Character corner is another one that I actually really like when you guys do character corner. So that's a that's a that's a dope podcast to listen to. So I, I, I really do appreciate it. We uh, we're actually up for some for the first time we've like up for nomination for some awards. I oh, guess that's uh, podcastawards.com. Awesome. You can go until July thirty first, register oh, and nominate yeah. us in the entertainment and in the listeners choice categories. Oh man. I'm about to um I'll put it, I'll put up applause right thank there. You, but thank congratulations you. though. That's still that's pretty dope. So like let's not talk let's not, you know, we get it. Uh, so we're about to go into uh, Endgame and Far From Home. But before we go into Endgame and Far From Home, I want to ask you guys a real quick question. What is your favorite Spidey moment? It doesn't, It. I mean, it could be from the MCU. I want to say from the MCU, but if it's not from the MCU, you can, say it, you can talk about it. But what is your favorite Spidey moment? Because I, I'll let you guys go because mine is, is kind of different. What's your, uh, Kyle, what's your favorite Spider-Man live action moment? All right, live action Spider-Man moment. All right. Oh, oh. Doing some comic book diving for a second. Um, so let's see. I'm actually Spider Man. So, oh, it's a train. It's a train. It's a car through the window. Oh, uh, from Spider Man 2? That was a train? Oh, no, no. Are you talking yeah, about the car through the window? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From Spider Man 2. Gotcha, gotcha. My bad, my bad. Yeah, that has to be like my favorite Spider Man moment of all time. Just nice. because it was just like. Is Peter like it, it? Really was like the definition of Spider-Man. Like he, like no matter what he tries to do in his personal life, it's like the responsibility of Spider-Man like haunts him. Right. Like, right. It, it, he can't get away, no matter what. Right. Uh, Daniel, what's yours? That's a complicated question. Man. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> if you listen to Character Corner, you know how I feel about Spider-Man. Right. Um, I've got to say, if if the one that hit me that no one talks about is the death of Gwen Stacy. Yeah, that they know that like there's so many little things in that scene that are 
direct callbacks to the comic book. But I guess probably my number one moment, the one moment that I had to stifle a cheer was uh, during Homecoming when they homage uh, the Steve Ditko uh, Amazing Spider-Man 33 cover when yes. he lifts the rubble up. Yeah, I was just, I, I was just like, I, oh I, I remember God. being like almost shorter breath, like I can't believe they're doing this in the movie that I'm watching because it's one of those things that you're like, oh, this is from literally 1966. It doesn't matter to anyone but me. And they were like, no, D. Palm, we got you. We got you. So I feel you on that. So mine is kind of like, the reason I, I decided to go last is because mine is kind of complicated because I really like Spider-Man 2's train moment like that, you know, up to up to whenever. That's the, the one of the ones I, I really like, you know, the hero moment. And I, I think that's, the reason I like it is because the hero moment, not necessarily the action sequence, just the hero moment. But honestly, Spider-Man Far From Home has the best Spider-Man web slinging, swinging sequences ever. Like, live action because honestly the reason i said live action because um miles morales has the best spider-man moment in all of like spider-man like movie tv tv show animation all of it miles morales has the best one swinging on the buildings up to where he meets um doc ock or not 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 doc ock i'm sorry where he has to go destroy the particle accelerator up to the point where he's like you know his dad is like get up spider get up spider-man get up spider-man like Miles Morales has it for real, for real. But honestly, Spider-Man: Far From Home has my best. And it, like with Deep Palm, I understand the uh, the the, the uh, rubble, the rubble, uh, the rubble. But honestly, like the swinging moments versus the the um, how, what what are, the, the the drones? I am sorry. Like action sequence, just everything just looked really, really good, and I really actually really love it. So that's one of the reasons I love this movie. But before we go into Spider-Man Far From Home, I'm going to talk some Endgame because, again, this movie just does flow into... Uh, and I know D-Palm has been itching to talk Endgame again because, honestly, I'm not going to lie, that's my favorite comic book movie. That doesn't have to be my favorite movie ever, yeah. but my favorite comic book movie just because it is a comic book movie. Like, you feel... When you're watching Endgame, you feel like you're reading a comic. Like, the last issue of, like, a... A 12 issue run you know issue 12 that's what endgame feels like issue what was is that like 22nd or 23rd 24th movie in in the mcu it's issue number 24 and that's what it feels like and it, it, it's it's just as big and then they give it a splash page with avengers assemble look i can't talk about it enough so i'm gonna let Palm because i know he wants to talk about it so i'm gonna let him go as long as he wants to go talk about Endgame real quick before we go and far from home because you've heard from me and Kyle already. So uh, it's Endgame's a wild one because you can't really watch it in a vacuum. You can't say no. it's one of the things I was talking about. I don't know if you've heard the uh, between two. We did one for between two palms. My wife and I. And we also did the spoiler review on MCR. But I talked about how it's a gamble because Infinity War is basically a couple a billion dollar grossing commercial for endgame yes if you yeah. look at the marketing material they didn't really show you anything for endgame. It's just like it was trust all, us motherfuckers we got you from and, infinity war yes and and even it's so funny because you look at the marketing there's a line in the infinity war marketing it brought you back to me that is only an endgame yes and if you, you're reminded that they filmed all this together and, and that everything was it, it was planned out in balance and for me i I, I could talk all day about the, the little things in game. I love how they brought it back to the four Avengers. I love how it was their story. I love how they handled Black Widow's story because in the snap, everyone lost something, but she gained something. She gained this position of prominence. She gained this role where she's basically Nick Fury. Yes. She gained yep. a life and everyone lost them. And the poignancy of her 
choosing to say, this is what we fought for. This is why I've held the, the runner for five years. Clint, you can't die. You're now me because you've got red in your ledger. It was a good way to advance the character of Clint, who hadn't really gotten much development, but also at the same time put a good, nice bow on the story of Natasha Romanov. Uh, the third act fight, I could, I mean, what do you want to do here? Like, I talk all day about it, but exactly, I like, cheered the yes, moment yes. The, the hammer hit Steve's hands. I cheered. Um, I, the picture, the, the, the quintessential photo of the movie to me is Captain America, no hammer, broken shield against the armies of Thanos, and all he does is tighten the shield. And yes. he's ready to go down swinging until he hears on your left. And from that moment forward, it's, it's just the action so well done. It's, it's easy to forget that Thanos is never actually on the set with him. That's a cartoon they added later. And so it's just everything's done so beautifully and woven together so well. Everyone's stories gets time. Um, I said this, I've said this to anyone who listen to me. The Thor moment from the moment he meets his, or the moment he gets the hammer back and says, I'm still worthy. Oh my God, that was beautiful. From that moment on, I'm an emotional wreck because it's just like, it's one of those things where all we see is how he's falling. We see it through his lens. He says, I failed, I fall. And his, his mother, who they brought back Rene Russo, which is, um, that's another thing, is they're able to sneak in Rene Russo. Uh, um, Robert Redford had very pointedly said that his last film role was last year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No one knew that he had filmed this part in the show. So the level of secrecy and the fun that people brought to these roles, I really enjoyed. But for me, it's, it, it, it's Thor's story, really, from the two movies, because this is a character who was kind of a, a joke early. And they, were, they found a way to make him matter and have real pathos. And when you look at his arc, he's truly lost everything over the course of his yes. individual films in these two films. Yes. And so for him to, to not be the, and I also like the fact that, you know, he's, he is worthy and it's very important, but just because you're back to where you are doesn't mean you get to be the star. And so when, when he's begging the Hulk to, to snap, when he's begging to be the one, it, you feel the desperation, you feel that last bit of longing of, I'm not sure I'm still back yet. And then from there on the fight, it's just, it's well balanced, it's well shot. There's so many cheering moments. The A4 shot, of course. The fact that they engineered the scene to where everyone who touches the glove, the gauntlet, if you will, after a Hulk, is literally the future of the MCU. The first person who has it is Clint. He's got the Disney Plus series coming. Mm -hmm. Then it goes to T'Challa. Then it goes to Peter. And then it goes to Carol. And you're like, oh, they literally told you this is what's next. Yes. We yes. were showing you this is where we're doing it. And the beauty of a good fight scene is not just, oh, it's well choreographed or it's pretty. It's can the action tell a story? And that's one thing that, honestly, before, I, I want to say before Winter Soldier, I wasn't sure the Russo's could pull off, but going into this, I was like, they're going to stick landing because if there's one who can, somebody who can communicate a storyline through activity and through action and through drama, it's these two. Yes, yes. I agree with you on everything. Like, yeah. honestly, the moment where, the, I mean, you're, you're going up to the moment where, you know, Captain America versus the armies and finals. I'm looking at where, Thanos is wrecking all three Avengers and he's like literally done done them up and Thor calls uh, Stormbreaker and he's getting Storm you know uh, uh, Thanos grabs it out the air he's pushing it against his chest I'm like oh is this what the hell is happening because you know from Infinity War Stormbreaker looked like it was the biggest baddest weapon in the world like and it's like that was the you know in, in, in any of these movies, I've always like, okay, the, the good guys are going to come through. The good guys are going to come through. Honestly, in that moment, I was like, there's n like, what, what else can happen? And then you see the hammer lift. And I was like, holy fucking shit. I've actually never holy shit it. And actually, I lied. 
the only other time I did a holy shit in the movie was Shazam, when the family went Shazam and they became the family, uh, the Shazam family. Well, honestly, in that moment, that was the loudest holy shit I ever gave in a the movie theater because honestly, when Captain America picked up the hammer and and started wrecking house, granted he he got his ass whooped and on your left happened. Honestly, when everyone I watch anytime I see that on your left moment happen in 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 any form of uh, social media. I actually watched the whole scene again because it's so beautiful it's it's such a it's it's because again it's like you no know, because you look at it right because when they go on before they go on your left you see captain america tighten his shield and he looks up and it's him and you can look at thanos and they zoom out and they show you the armies of thanos to show you that it's impossible and then it's on your left and then the the the, the wormholes or whatever the 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 magic holes open and it's like oh my god this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. And then they splash page it for you. Armies of Thanos army, the, the, versus the Avengers. Yeah. And I was like, listen. Like, from that point on, I, I think you and I watched the movie differently, uh, Daniel. Because I was watching it spastically. Like, holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Because, again, everything you said, you know, like the whole, like, with, with the future of the Avengers touching the glove and touching the gauntlet. I just actually noticed it as soon as you were saying it. When I was watching it, I didn't care because I'm like, yo, this is the best thing I've ever yeah, seen. I really did. <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then Spider-Man is, is um, you know, attached to uh, Milner and he's swinging. And I'm like, yo, this is just everything I've ever wanted. Like, but you're right. Everyone who touched the gauntlet is the future of the MCU. Um, Clint had it, you know, at, uh, Disney Plus. You're right, and and that's gonna be interesting moving forward because it looks like it's about, it's gonna be about him for a little bit, and then his daughter's gonna take uh take that moving forward, and it's fun to see, you know, are we get, is it gonna be Arrow esque or is it gonna be its own thing? I mean, that's a that's a question. I'm not gonna lie, that's a question I've asked because we've seen Arrow for eight years, but there has been no like steady female archer, so. This is going to be interesting going forward because it's it's about her his daughter moving forward. But honestly, Endgame is is the shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, Endgame is the shit. Like for lack of a better uh, better words to put it through. Um, Kyle, you have anything else to add before we jump into Far From Home? Uh, Endgame was everything. Like coming from a kid that's been reading comics, I've been reading. Uh, Endgame was everything for me. Like, it was just a comic book on screen. Like, it was the comic book I wish I, I had growing up. It was like, dude, this is, the, this is the crossover event of the year. You know what I mean? It's just what happened. I'm lucky enough to see it. Right, right. Uh, like, uh, it's one event that happened. Of course, Peter Swinging on Melnia was, like, super dope. But, uh, my gosh. The, uh, the Thanos, um, Thanos, with the, uh, with the Infinity Sword. Like, just watching him just wreak havoc and beat that hell out of Cap's shield was amazing. Like, mm-hmm. Disney didn't hold, like, I was, I was kind of glad that Disney didn't Disney the movie other than Hulk. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what that means, but I'll tell you what, they told, they called their shot. This is the scene, the broken shield was seen in Age of Ultron. They, yeah. they told you this was coming. And, yes, and yes. I, and, and it was so, it's so funny that, because we did a rewatch of the whole Marvel movies before going into Endgame, my wife and I for Between Two Palms, and it's interesting to see kind of how they built to this moment. They said, because that's what 
spurns that's what spurns everything. It's when Tony gets his vision of something they can't beat, he gets that impetus to grow to build a uh, fortress or a armor around the world. Off scale, that turns out it doesn't actually work. But I I think that the broken shield was so it was so powerful. It was so it was good. Important. It, gave, it, it was, very it was important. able. It, was, it allowed them to get that moment of being the center. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. So we got our thoughts on Endgame. Now, does anyone have anything else to get on Endgame before we get into Far From Home? Because once we start talking Far From Home, I'm going all the way in. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> I have a question. Go ahead. But my question is in the ending of Endgame, beginning of, of Far From Home, and it's the immemorial part with uh, Captain Rogers. Hmm. That's interesting. What's the question? Why? All right. So here's my question: If he did die, because I mean he was up older in age, you know, at the end of game. No, he probably didn't die, but the world never saw him again after the fight. Which is true. That's what I'm thinking. So about. So why would anyone assume he was alive? Because I mean, Iron Man did die. So if would they, so I mean, I guess it's right. 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 The why world would they, never why saw. Why would they kill him off off camera? They didn't. I mean, that's the whole point: is that he's not dead. Is that he's the just, world thinks Captain America's gone? As far as they're concerned, right, right. So Captain America is gone because we, what what we know and what the rest of the Avengers know is that he got old and you know because he went back and lived his life and he became old moving forward. But the world doesn't know that per se. So he he's never you know they've never seen him post uh, uh, blip because that's what they call him far from home. So yeah, I mean yeah. That's, that was my only question. I was like, why would you kill Cap off screen but you would kill Tony on screen? I was like. Eh, I like that part. Uh, I, I was, I, there's, there's, there's rumblings of rumors about what we're gonna see next out of uh, Cap, but uh, this, this Captain America Bucky series or Falcon and Winter Soldier, whatever they're gonna call it, I, I, I'd be remiss to think that the Steve Sword doesn't continue there. Yeah, I hope it does. You know, in a way, in a funny way, in a funny way, I'm kind of hoping that we get a Maria Hill kind of story out of it. I really want. It, you know what I'm hoping though, honestly, uh, real quick, I'm hoping that the Marvel Disney Plus kind of thing does have a connecting tissue. Other, you know, other than say like um, Agents of Shield, I hope we get a connective a connecting tissue to the greater greater MCU, the movie, the movie side of things. Because again, these are the movie stars coming into the um, uh, TV side of things again, but this is streaming, so the TV side of things. I'm hoping we kind of develop a. Uh, 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 moving forward, I, I know it's probably not going to happen. I, I think they're going to do Secret Wars instead, or Secret Invasion. But I really do hope we kind of almost get a uh, Maria Hill. Um, I forget the name of that uh, uh, comic that kind of led into um, um, uh, Captain Hydra. I forget it. It was about the cube being a prison, and it changed. The Assault on Pleasant Hill. Thank you very much. Yeah, Assault on Pleasant Hill. I I hope we kind of get that. Even I know we're not going to anyone I, I can dream, but I mean we got Endgame, so it's not a far possibility. I mean they did do the uh um Bucky still alive Hill Hydra kind of thing and I, I in my mind that took me all the way to uh uh uh, uh all the way to that, so why not? Um Secret Empire. So Far From Home. Let, let's not get carried away. So Far From Home picks up immediately after the school because again at the end of Endgame we get the school year for Spider Man. He's back in school and that's the it picks up from the school year, so it, uh, Far From Home picks up at the end of the school year uh, for Peter Parker and friends. Apparently, for Peter Parker and his closest friends, they got blipped. That's that's what we're calling it in in uh in Spider Man is the blip, but in um 
So they got blipped, and so everyone is still kind of where they are, and he's still a junior, I believe, junior, right? Still a junior in high school, yeah. right. and uh, you know, so he's going on summer vacation, and his class is going on like this trip, and he wants to go on the trip, and just wants to be, like again, if we saw Spider Man two, like, was it even Spider Man two? Yeah, it was in Spider Man two where he was like, I'm Spider Man no more. You know, what Peter Parker has always struggled with is the balance between Spider Man and 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 just being Peter Parker. He just wants to be sometimes, and you know, it's he's. We have to remember again because I, I believe we saw the the earlier. <coughs> The earlier Spider-Mans we saw, or Spider-Man movies we saw, we saw him kind of grown up. So he, we always kind of were used to him being being older and being an adult. So he had his adult life. He had his adult life. But if you're a 15 year old, 16 year old, 17 year old kid, you really just want to enjoy your high school life and you want to enjoy your life. And and right. if you're if you're blessed or gifted with the abilities to be Spider-Man, that's a plus. But honestly, at the end of the day, sometimes you gotta. You, will, I mean, it's 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 normal for for kids to say, "Hey, like, I just want to be a kid." Like, bro, come on, I'm I'm 17. I'm trying to get a girl. I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm thinking about college. I'm thinking about you know, like, yo, when am I gonna get my first kiss? When am I, you know, like, what's going on? Like, shit like that. Like, and and I can't blame him for saying, for you know, at the beginning of the movie, he goes, "I just want to go on vacation. I don't want to be Spider Man." And his aunt is the one who has to kind of remind him, you know, you know, seeing as there's no Uncle Ben and and uh, Tony's gone. Someone has to remind him to be, you know, that he also has to still be Spider-Man. And well, he's also dealing with the the, the, the fallout the, of exactly. legitimate PTSD. Like he watched his father figure die. Like they they've backdoored a, uh, an Uncle Ben for him. Exactly. And yeah. the difference now is he has to share that Uncle Ben with the world. Yes. And exactly. so it's 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 a whole new dynamic that never really entered into dealing with uh, the pathos of that. And so I thought that. As much as you're right, it was just kind of he wanted to be a teenager. He's also like, I've seen some shit now. Like the line, I didn't think I'd have to save the world this summer, was just very instructive of like how he views what's going on. Yeah. I mean, even that, even though the line with Nick Fury is kind of a joke, bitch, you've been to space, it's his life. How many 15, 16 yeah. year olds have been to space, let alone seen the shit he's seen? So he just really. I can't. I can't blame him. I can't blame him for for half the things he did and the mistakes he made in this movie because he made a lot as a 15, 16. I think he's what he was fourteen in um Civil War. He's he's fifteen in this game. In okay. This movie. Okay, because he was fourteen in Civil War. So if we're going Civil War into Infinity War, he's yeah about a year fifteen, and then he skipped like five. Yeah, okay, okay. He's fifteen. So exactly. Oh yeah, that's right. His passport has his age on it. Um, so he's going on vacation. No, but before he goes on vacation, he has to deal with shit at home you know his aunt kind of like uses him or you know the, the people who survived the blip or who came back from the blip have to readjust or enter uh their communities and most of them are finding that the fact that everyone else has moved on five years ahead it's like you i mean in the beginning of the movie they showed the how they blipped from a basketball game and then you know a bunch of them blipped away from a basketball game and then they come right back in the moment and in that moment and in that moment where they come back, you have a bunch of them like just, you know, like, oh, wow. Like in the moment where they come back five years later, the band is playing and they just come right back into the game. And it's kind of like, what the hell happened? It's like, what the fuck? And so you have to, you know, and then there's people who um, were displaced because of the blip. You know, I live in an apartment. I got blipped out of my apartment. Of course, my, my landlord is going to keep you know keep he wants to make his if he didn't go he wants to keep making his money he's gonna put some money in my apartment 
Can you imagine blipping back in your apartment in the middle of the night? <laughs> and 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 some yeah, so again, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of stuff that's dealt with in this movie that hasn't been dealt with, you know, and and that hasn't been dealt with. So Spider-Man: Far From Home is the one movie that has to deal with return of people from the blip and you know moving forward from from the blip which i really uh respect in the beginning of the movie because no we don't we haven't had another movie between endgame and and you know after endgame it's the first movie so how well were they going to deal with you know the disappearance and they did it really well in this movie and i really really enjoyed it. i really enjoyed how they dealt with it um i might be the only one that felt that way Kyle. No, I, I liked how they had to touch on it because to avoid it would kind of uh, wouldn't make any sense. But I like how they they allowed it to be the setting for the film, but not the the driving force of the film. Right, Stuff right. was acknowledged, but they didn't want to say that. Oh, it's it's it was funny. I was talking with my friends about this, and it's one of the first movies you go into it kind of sad because you're still coming out of Endgame. Right. And they play on that, and they and they use like the opening with "I will always love you" was hilarious. <laughs> like you mentioned, like the marching band disappears during practice, he appears during a basketball game. The world's moved on. Uh, I think it was uh, Ben was our Brian, the, the romantic rival's name was. But yeah, even he's like, he used to be this scrawny little kid, now he's grown up. And it was so interesting to see it played, like I said, as a setting without it being the central conceit of the movie. Because as we've seen in the last couple of years, when world shattering shit happens, we tend to kind of just move on. Right, exactly. That's that really how it happened with the real world, too. So. It won't, it won't it would have to happen in the same way in, in that in that in that form um so you know let's get to the crux of the movie i mean the one part of the movie where i kind of felt bad for him was when they asked him so are you going to be the next you know when the, when the news uh reporters were asking him so what's, what what happened with iron man are you going to be the new iron man are you gonna you know like, this is it you, so what they don't realize what I, I believe what the rest of the world doesn't realize is this is a 16 year old kid that you're asking are you going to be the yeah. next Iron Man? Who just actually watched Iron Man die? Like Mr. Stark, get up in front know. of his eyes. Exactly. So how he's how, wearing he's wearing Tony's technology when they ask it. Exactly, and you just have to imagine how he feels when that happens. And it, like I can't even imagine it because honestly, if I had to watch somebody die and they ask me, "Are you going to be the next?" I will probably punch somebody in their face. Like, yo, relax. It's not even important. Like. You know, this is not why I'm here. We're here to deal with this. We're here to deal with that, and and he has to deal with that. And and you know, he as a 15 year old kid, he runs away from the situation. I, I don't know. I don't know. And he, he you know, he dips. And everywhere I go, I see his face. I mean, before that, so we move forward from there. He finally gets a break, or what Tahini feels like a break. You know, it's this vacation, and he plans on this vacation. He's gonna get to talk to the girl. He's gonna get to do everything that he couldn't do five years ago. And he's, you know, five years prior, and he's just going to get to live his life. And his aunt has to remind him, hey, you are a, you are a hero. You're Spider-Man. You got to pack your uh, Spider-Man suit. Like, whatever you do, you got to get the suit. You got to get ready to go. And, you know, you're going to be on vacation, but so, what if stuff happens? You got to be ready. I mean, I, myself, again, I'm putting myself a lot in, in, in a lot of his positions. Like, with the MCU Spider-Man, I feel like I can put myself in a lot of positions to trans transpose myself to a 15 year old me and say if I'm going on vacation at 15 years old and you're telling me oh you have to remember that you're a hero I'm going to be like nah like I'm trying to be on vacation this is Europe you don't need Spider-Man in Europe you got all these other heroes right. <laughs> you got all these other heroes you got everybody else like I'm chilling but 
you're Spider-Man. You don't get to be chilling. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's weird that way. And uh, but it was smart what they did too. Like how you said, like you got all these other heroes. It was smart that they did the shut up line. Like, well, where's Thor? He's off planet. Where's so and so? You know what I mean? Like it was smart that they ran through the quick quick roster real fast to show you, hey, look, no, he's the only option. Right, right. But uh, I'll, I'll say this, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna offend somebody, but I think Ned is a bad friend. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> he's a terrible friend. He's like, yo, he's t- he's over there telling Ned, hey, I'm about to, you know, spew my heart out to this girl, and and I mean, again, these are kids, so these are 15 year old kids, and they do what 15 year olds do, and Ned is like, yeah, well, um, nah, bro, you gotta you gotta open up your options, you gotta. You got, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And it's just very weird because, um, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like Ned is a bad friend. But, you know, let's let's not, let's not get hung up on the details. They go on vacation. And, the, like, was it the very first day while they're out, uh, the, the hydro monster from Mysterio, Mysterious Hydro Monster pops up and wrecks house. And he has to do what he has to do to protect who he has to protect or tries to protect. And he's like, yo, I can help you. You know, I I I'm I, I can help you. I have I have skills, whatever. And he does what he does with the uh, water tower. And Mysterio spots him, but oh no! Before he goes, then he get the gift from Happy. I'm sorry, I'm jumping. I'm skipping like a lot. He got a gift from Happy, which happened to be the glasses from uh, Tony Stark. And yeah, yes. So he got the gift from Happy, and we were getting to see that Happy and Aunt May are. Uh, having some sort of like weird dialogue and it's just it's it's kind of fun leading up to everything that happens between him and, and, and when he goes on vacation and so this is where in, in my opinion the movie's kind of like building itself because honestly there's almost no action and nothing it's 40 minutes we're, in, we're 40 minutes in there's no action there's no there's no big fights there's nothing great it's just story building and you're actually that's, gonna... that's that's the cool part about these movies is that they don't need action to keep yeah. your attention you care about the character right about in game there's really only like a beginning action scene and the last one yes Endgame actually compared to infinity war had less action than infinity war it's crazy right but it's it's still a fucking fun movie to watch i'm sorry we're as far from home but yeah, so there's no action in this movie up to this point. We're just we're building the story. We're building we're building Peter Parker. We're building uh, um, um, MJ. We're building you know we're building relationships. We're building you know like kind of class rivalry you know with him and and Ben and all these uh-huh. things and, and and we're building all these things and we even get to meet Mysterio in the first in this in this first half of it again where. Um, after everything happens, he, he skips a call from um, Nick Fury. Um, Nick Fury actually comes to his room and says, yo, I've been trying to reach you. Like, we're really good. You know, all of it happens. And we go into, uh, we go into you know, the, 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 the little hideout, the little cave or whatever, and, and we see Mysterio and his man. And, and, and um, sorry, we see S.H.I.E.L.D. Or, um, Tony, uh, we see S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's like, yo, like, what's good? At, you know, like, this is Mysterio. I'm... I'm not gonna lie. One one real thing. So, before I watched this movie, I I read um in the Edge of the Spider Verse, and I read Ed, okay. Ed, Ed, Edge of the Spider Verse because I you know remember when we did the whole um Mysterio like read like where to read or what to read. I felt yeah. so, And and so when I did a video on the channel, I said 
One of the reasons I thought they were using Mysterio was because I felt like they were going to use Mysterio to open up the universe, especially with the trailer. Where it's I like, did too. I'm from six one. Yo, you're from six one six, and I'm from eight. I forget the number he says. You know, he's like you're from eight, whatever, and that's the Okie Dog, and they actually got me because I'm like, oh my god, they're actually going to open the universe with Mysterio, and we're going to get all these X. You know, like, oh, are we going to get into the Spider Verse like a real life, a live action version? Mosmer, like all of this is gonna happen and I'm super excited but again I'm not saying that that's a bad thing I'm just saying that that's a really good okie doke that I was not expecting but they got me right there um so we get that okie doke and we get that discuss- uh, conversation with him and Mysterio after the water monster and we get the conversation about all the other titans and what the, you know what what they did to his world and it's very interesting story build up because what happens is with all of that and the way Nick Fury is acting with him, it's it's kind of like with the way he, he needs someone because again, he would have had Tony Stark to talk to. He doesn't have Tony Stark to talk to. He doesn't have anyone to relate to. I also don't, I actually don't know why he didn't call Happy enough, but you know, that's, that's for another discussion. But he builds this relationship with Mysterio that, that when he, when this relationship with Mysterio is built, um, he becomes really tight with Mysterio and that leads to a lot of things happening and what I don't think a lot of people notice is that when Mysterio put the glasses on at the bar he looked smack like Robert Downey yeah. Jr. I think I he did that on purpose to be honest with you exactly um, oh for sure he looks like it. intentional yeah because if you go back and watch Iron Man 1 he looks like that Robert Downey Jr. from that one like um, at the end when he goes, I'm Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. So when, especially where they do his hair, where they do his uh, his, his beard connecting into the mustache, all of that, he looks like Miss Robert Downey Jr. So even that, all of that is done very well. And you have to look at stuff like that. That's a very little detail that actually is a big thing in the movie because when he puts the glasses on and uh, Peter Parker looks at him, he's like, "Yo, I trust you." And that's mm-hmm. where a lot of his mistakes happen. So I, I don't, I, I just, I, again, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't tripping and I wasn't the only one that thought that when that happened, right? Like, you guys felt the same? Yeah. All right. I did. Okay. Um, so from that point on, and this is where the movie actually picks up. So the movie has done in 40 minutes, maybe 45, 50 minutes, the movie has built up all the characters. Again, at this point, you get to know everybody, you get to know everybody's intentions. When the movie takes a turn is when, you know, when the Okido, when the Okido kind of actually worked was when Mysterio at the bar is like, ha ha ha, you got him. Ladies and gentlemen, you got him. I got the glasses, I got the droids, I got the, I got all of these, I got all the Tony Starks, and then we get to understand who this Mysterio is, because again, this Quentin Beck is different from the comic book Quentin Beck, who is a uh, a VFX specialist, which I which honestly to me again I I I've thought you know a VFX specialist is a glorified James Cameron, <laughs> and and like if you remember our podcast the earlier podcast we said uh, if they use a VFX specialist like what we told about James Cameron being a villain it it doesn't translate very well but they did it to you know to weave him into the MCU and I I really really it's even though it's a really really small thread but it weaves into the greater mcu because now you tie him into um i'm um, sorry avengers 2 uh, age of ultron and and it's so it's so amazing like you have again the marvel cinematic universe for all its highs and whatever lows it has 
Yeah, for all its highs and whatever lows it has, like it has, it has a. Hello. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe, for all its highs and whatever lows you can call out and whatever lows you can say it has, it 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 does very well with leaving itself completely it does very well with at you know like making itself into a whole a whole universe and that's what they did yeah. very well with with the far from home you know even if it's the littlest thread of oh that's my technology he used and he turned it into something else it still became that's my technology you know it still was able to fall uh-huh. in line into the greater mcu and i like that i i i appreciate that and i'm, I'm here for that um so Spider-Man Far From Home, you know, again, lets you know where it falls into. Again, Spider-Man is the character that isn't technically an MC. He, he isn't owned by Marvel outright. You know, even though he is a Marvel character, he isn't owned by the Marvel Disney MCU universe. But he is, he as, as a character that's owned by Sony, he's still able to, to, to represent into the greater universe. And I really, really enjoy that. Um... We uh down. Do you have anything you want to add to the uh to, to anything you want to add? Anything you want to you want to talk about right now with uh Spider Man? Um, yeah, I thought. Uh, sorry, we was kind of fast. Well, um, I really enjoyed how Joan Hall played it because the entire movie you're like, this is a guy. It feels a little off. It feels like it's someone playing someone else, and that's exactly what it is. Yep. I loved all the little hints that are thrown in there about the uh, second stinger reveal at the end. Uh, it's from uh, from Fury and uh, Maria Hill, and I, I really enjoyed kind of Peter finding a way to be a hero. And so, one of the big things I, I took away from the movie was that this was truly a spider, the first true Spider-Man movie we got in the MCU. And by that, I mean he was truly self-made because by the end of the movie, he's wearing a suit that he built. Yes, yeah, he's using his own head in the fight. Like it's it's before he's in Tony's suit, which is great. And then he's in the suit given to him by Shield, a little snugger on the web shooters. Um, but there are so many little things in there, like you said, uh, the the water monster that attacks. There's a news report that accompanies that water monster attack, mentioning more speech. He said exactly he had fallen into a vat of water, and it's like, oh, that's Hydro Man from the comics. So it, they they what they did was they use a lot of our knowledge against us, which I thought was really interesting. And you forget that they've already backdoor introduced the multiverse through Doctor Strange, right? And so. It's not any and Ant Man, honestly. And so for for I thought it was a really good job of cutting a trailer, and that's the thing I've always said about five game companies. They will cut a trailer that will make you wet your appetite for what they're gonna give you eventually. And uh, they did it again here and they did it in a way that obscured what was actually happening, which was interesting because, you know, Mysterio's first appearance, he's a good guy. He's a hero. Mm-hmm. And so you go into the movie thinking that's gonna be the same story, but by the marketing and kind of the lack of things they talked about, you're thinking well, maybe you can. Maybe this is a different Mysterio. Maybe it's a Mysterio from a different world. But nope, it's still the same dickhead Mysterio <laughs> playing part of the tricks and uh, screwing with your face, screwing with your head. Right, 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 right. And um, does anyone want to talk about the end, the end credits or the mid credit uh, sequence really, really quick? Because I feel like that's that's uh, kind of next to talk about. Because again, I mean, this this before we go into the actual movie, I just want to touch on the um before we dissect or, or further go into the movie, I want to talk about the end, the mid credit scene and the end credit scene. Does anyone want to, want to kind of touch on that? Well, if, if we talk about the about the reveal of our uh, Fury being a scroll, 
Yeah. So here's the thing. I felt from the movie the whole time that either that was a scroll or that was um not more what's it uh, chameleon. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, cause I was like, dude, Fury doesn't talk like that. Like Fury's whole main versus like especially how he talked to uh, Peter Parker. Um, but the whole movie, like even with that, like that's not Fury's main versus and how he talk. Like he's pointing right at Peter's face and stuff. And like Fury's not animated like that. Fury's never like even in the comics, Fury isn't animated like that. Right, so I was like, dude, this is this doesn't feel right. Like, and like as the movie went on, I, like it's like they keep giving you hints. Like if, if you follow comics or if you follow the movie, they keep giving you hints. Like, no, this isn't Fury, <laughs> because Fury never talked to Cap like that. Even in um, Iron Man Two, Fury didn't talk to Tony like that, and Tony was goofing off. You get what I'm saying? So it's right, like, right. So it's like ah, that's not Fury. And I I thought it was gonna be Chameleon all along. I was actually shocked. That, well, Chameleon's, um, Chameleon's in the movie. Part of the show really? team, Dimitri, Dimitri, uh, that's, uh, comedian John name, Dimitri Kravenov is the, so there's a lot of speculation that there's been a shadow introduction to Senator Six because you go nice. back to Homecoming, we've got Vulture and obviously Matt Gargan. Yeah. And then here you've got, um, Mysterio being reintroduced, whether you're going to believe that he's really dead or there's no way to bring him back. I think there's obviously a way. Oh, there's And then way. there's a shadow, there's a shadow introduction of Chameleon who's the shield agent who gets stuck driving the van full of fucking teenagers. And so it's 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 interesting because they're able to kind of see they're able to kind of see these things without being explicit for it. And while they use our knowledge against us early, it's again having our knowledge pay off and be more beneficial. And if not beneficial, at least open that speculation that you know they love to hear. Right. Yeah. Right. So what about the uh, reveal? The actual reveal? Uh, uh, mid credit. The was it mid credit? Is that the mid credit scene or the end yes. credit scene? <clears throat> What about that one? I thought that was kind of like out of left field. And again, a lot of Marvel scenes, a lot of Marvel post credits and credits, a lot of Marvel scenes haven't really hit me like out of left field. I just think this is, in my opinion, this is way too early in his career as Spider Man to do. Right? Am I am I the only one that feels that way, or do you think like this actually? Yeah, I, I think I think we've got to realize that they're telling a different story. These are adaptations, and so. I thought it was a perfect bookend for Phase Four for the end of the Infinity Saga, because or excuse me, Phase Three, because if you think back to Iron Man, how's it end? I am Iron Man. Huh. This one ends with he is Spider Man, right. and so it's also a movie that's predicated on not trusting what your eyes tell you, and the fact that J. Jonah Jameson's presented as some shock jock like Alex, Alex Jones type says that we can come back to a world where people just aren't sure who Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And so now Peter's got to be more careful with his identity. Now Peter is a menace who's kind of hunted. So maybe we're getting back to closer Spider-Man roots in a different way. I think that judging it on its face is dangerous because we don't know what's next. But if we look at the track record, we have faith and we have evidence that they're going to handle it properly. I mean, and and they have uh-huh. introduced uh, Prowler, so that means Miles Morales does exist in this universe. So we can like, stop prepping exactly. ourselves for that. So. I mean, I figured, you know, that's probably not going to happen for a long time, but I mean, I would really love to see Miles Morales. Like, Into the Spider-Verse is one of my favorite Spider-Man movies. I mean, other than this movie right here, but I, I don't know. I'm just ready for Miles Morales. But, I mean, so again... Uh, I just didn't like the reveal. I thought, for again, myself, I thought it was kind of like too early in this, because again, yeah. he's 15, and I would, I would maybe like a couple years, like maybe 17, 18, like... I would think, okay, now nah, we can do well, it. later. You know, like remember, but you got you got to realize that we're not, we're not the we're, this is not our property. We're not writing it. Like we right. can't 
Right. It's it's unfair to say they're not telling the story I would tell, so I don't like it. That's not how you absorb media. No, I just didn't like it just because my my just a kid. So mind you, I'm thinking I'm thinking being a fan, but also thinking like with a weird logic, like this is like real world type logic. I'm like, you just kind of suck you out of kid for being a hero. You know what I mean? Like he's uh, a villain. Well, of course he did. What are you talking about? I know. I'm just saying like. It's such a you dickhead move. Like, that's, that's where I'm going. It's at. such it's a, a dickhead move. But, but again, this is you got to remember this is about juxtaposition. So as the reveal in Homecoming was, Toomes was not going to reveal his name. Like, yeah, this right. Is, like there's just a wreck. Like there, there's a storytelling element here too. And clearly, in the we're in the middle of the story because it calls back directly to the previous film learning and being like, I ain't telling you shit. And this one being like, fuck it, tell everyone. And so now it's a more interesting. You're now in a world that we've never seen for Spider-Man. Now, even lifelong fans have no idea what's next. And that's the kind of environment that you want to cultivate if you're trying to capture your imaginations and cultivate growing audiences. I mean, no, no, no. Honestly, I, I, I get that. It's just a, it's just, like, it just shocked me because it came out of, it was like, wow, they actually did it. Because like, I know they, in, in my opinion, you have to kind of deal with the, if you're going, if you're going to tell more Spider-Man stories, you kind of have to do the I am Spider-Man or this is Spider-Man or he is Spider-Man story because again you know Civil War happened and it was you know I am Spider-Man I'm talking about the comics uh, but again moving forward if you're going to do multiple yeah. Spider-Man stories with this Spider-Man you kind of have to do that 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 has to happen I'm but just this early I'm just shocked that it happened and but again <laughs> it was a dickhead move from Mysterio the villain let's not forget he is a villain even though in the beginning you know the way, his, the way the movie started he wasn't but you know, again, like you said, this is you know how how you absorb media. You know, you have to absorb what they give you. And, you know, it's kind of like you want to talk about it, but then you have to think about the fact that okay, well, they are giving you this, and so you have to take it. But I mean, again, I, I'm not gonna lie. It's still I, I probably maybe have to process it, probably watch the movie again, and, and just take it again, take it in again, and, and, and see. You know, because I've I've seen it just the once, just the once, and probably have to see it again to probably take it in a little better but honestly that one time was shocking and and i think if that's what they were going for if they were going for the shock value it they got me you know that's if that's what they were going for i, I they got me that's that's what happened um other than that again again the movie had a a, 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 a plethora of action really really good the movie had really, 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 really good action. I believe, again, like I said, one of the best action sequences, in my opinion, is Spider-Man versus the drones, where he's, you know, like, where he's dropping in, and he just, like, all of that happens, and I'm like, yo, this is, this has to be the best Spider-Man moments in live action, in live action history, because, I mean, in my opinion, the action moments from Amazing Spider-Man, you could say what you want to say about those movies, you know, you can call those movies out if you want to, but the, the, the um, Spider-Man moments and the uh, Amazing Spider-Man are really, really action moments are really, really good. But this action moments in, in in this movie just take everything to the top. Like it takes this movie, it takes Homecoming, it takes Amazing Spider-Man, it takes Spider-Man Two, and it pulls in all of that, all of what what was really good about those movies, what was really good about the action in those movies, and it doubles it doubles up it doubles up on it. And I really, really enjoyed the action in this movie. Am I the only one that felt that way about the action? Uh, I, I like the action in this one, especially the drone scene uh, when he's going. They're not. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. 
Um, even with like it was like the swarm of Spider Men mm-hmm. uh, attacking Peter Parker, and and then he eventually gets hit by a train. Like, dude, it it was so much about the action scenes that was like so cool. Like even when he got hit by a train, even though this is nowhere near uh, what happened in the comic, like it reminded me of Maximum Carnage. Like no matter how bad Peter was beat up, he still was going back to the fight. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was like Peter's mind was still to get back to the fight when he was in the, uh, from the prison with the guys that gave him the shirt. Mm-hmm. I I loved the action. I thought that the uh, the storytelling during the illusion scenes was really oh well my done. God, uh, that was really got some legitimate so screams out of the theater. Out of the theater I was in uh, with uh, zombie Tony and spider coming yeah, out of the armor guys. That was just really it was really well done. Really good imagery. But I it's one of those things where I didn't know I needed to see Spider Man fight a drone. Of, a fleet of drones until I saw it. Until you saw and it, you get the call back to you get you get the call back to in, to Endgame. Excuse me, when he picks up the car door and he's swinging the mace, and you're like, oh, he's yep. he's Steve. and he's they even play the crescendo about the same pace and the same. I don't know if it was the same song, but I do know it was the same pitch. And it, it brought you back to that moment from Endgame, which is so powerful because they're not referencing things that just fucking happened for the viewer. Like you just saw Endgame, remember this shit? You're gonna love it again, and so. I, I really love that. I love him coming to grips with and, and uh, trusting his spider sense. And I adore the fact that they're calling it a Peter Tingle because that's what your aunt would do. Your aunt would call it the Peter Tingle, and mm-hmm. it would stick because you didn't want it to stick because you're 15, and that's how your life works. Like that—that that was some Parker luck right there. I really thought that was funny. But no, I thought uh, the fight, the the action was amazing. I thought it was well balanced, well edited as far as bouncing around the different groups of people who were trying to navigate around the scene, and. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it was, I really liked how the entire third act and all those things went because it goes back from being, oh, this is a triumphant moment of Peter figuring out, you know, who he's going to be and how he's going to do it. And he gets the girl and holy shit. I was like, have you guys ever read a Spider-Man comic? This is never how his stories end. And they're like, oh yeah, by the way, he's Peter Parker. Like, oh shit. Like, so I liked the fact that you're left dealing with that bit of peril. Like you're left like, what's Spider-Man going to do? Like, it's just how you should be the comic book. And so for me, it was, it was, Especially the last, call it 45 minutes, just a perfect movie. From from the moment when Mysterio is tricking him with all the different visions to um, Peter Parker as Spider Man, I'm 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 100 in. Yeah, yeah. Like honestly, like like the last the last third of the movie is just really strong. Like again, I, this is this is where you, you enjoy the storytelling of this movie because again, like I said, the first 40 minutes of this movie is building every character up, literally every character, even the, even Ben. You know his his uh, rival. You know this they they built him up like they, they built Ned up. So every character is really built up so that when you get to the end of the movie, when you get to the last third, and where Peter has to actually kind of like come into his own. Because again, we have seen Peter in you know, um in uh, Captain America. Went, oh, no, no, so not Winter Soldier, Civil War, and he was just excited. He was an excited kid. He just wanted to do. He didn't really you know he didn't really have any. He just wanted to impress Tony. Um, and then from there he goes to Homecoming where he just wants to be Spider-Man and he wants to, you know, he, he, he was already Spider-Man, but he wants to take it another level. And, you know, he's just trying, again, the first three movies, uh, first four films of Spider-Man, all he wants to do is the first three, uh, Civil War, uh, Homecoming, Infinity, okay, even, even Endgame, you know, Endgame a little bit, he still wanted to impress uh, Tony Stark, and then he- well, I think I think it's like impressed Tony Stark. It's more like I want to be an Avenger. I want to be an Avenger. Like that's all of Homecoming. Yes, and then 
by the shit that happens in the Infinity War in game, it's like, fuck that. Apparently, everybody's like, man, I got this. I yeah. protect the block. That's but, what I do. And all of a sudden, it's saying, nah, dog, the world that you may not be ready for the world, but the world's I protect the time world. To this shit. Yes, he becomes, he actually goes into his own in, in, in Far From Home, and that's what you love to see is because when when he's building the suit and you know happy has that moment of oh my god this is you know like and he plays uh he plays he, you know he plays he plays iron man's music for him like when he's building his suit and it's like that's a touching moment but it's in a moment in that moment while that's a great a moment for the great mcu but it's uh, for the spider-man fans that's a, a bigger moment because it's like he is becoming spider-man it's, it's funny that i say it like that because he he has been spider-man but in my in my opinion he was becoming spider-man in that moment he was becoming more of the the hero that the world needs he was becoming more of a hero to like he was he he kind of grew up he kind of you know what it was he got out of year one true that's what it was it's like he evolved from year one right i feel like all the way up until the end of endgame he was still in the um the year one story Right when he was on the airplane, when he finally built his own suit, um, I think that's when it came to a close. And now you're getting Spider-Man. So I think moving forward, which is which, is why I think this movie is very important. Like you know, for what everyone else says, I think this movie is more important to to Tom Holland Spider-Man because this is the movie moving forward. We're gonna see either gonna see a different Spider-Man or we're gonna see Spider-Man. Like we're, we're kind of used to in the comics, like the grown-up Spider-Man. When, when I say grown up, I mean he's still gonna be what 15, 16, 17, but he's grown up in the terms that he's more matured. So he's gonna he's gonna be more again like uh, Daniel said he's used he's used his powers like now he's he's trusting his spider sense Peter Tingle for for well well you gotta remember that the semi grown Peter's the Peter we mostly would resonate with the comics. You think about Mary Jane, he didn't meet her in high school in the comics, he met her in college. Yes. Gwen Stacy, Harry Osborn, these are all college age characters. So those. The, the seminal moments, the seminal Spider-Man stories, are the stories from this, when he's at ECU. Yes. Or ESU, excuse me. So, so we're, we're we're getting to the ESU years. We're getting to the to the grown-up years of Spider-Man. So, I really enjoy this movie because of because of what it because of what it takes and what what it involves. Like we actually saw it. Like again, when in the final showdown with uh, Mysterio, where he goes, you, "No, you won't trick me anymore." Like he grabs the gun out of thin air and and, and stuff like that, and it's like. I still don't believe he's dead, but um, in that moment, it's like, this is it. This is this is Spider-Man. This is him, and you know, and and that was the definitive Spider-Man moment for me. And that's why I said again, this is my best. You know, this has my best fighting moments because there's so many moments in this movie where you can call back and be like, especially in the last third, and it's like you know, when he when he meets Happy and he's like, yo, I have to do this. I have to do this. You know, it's it's, it's kind of like very very integral to his uh, character growth. And this is where the MCU excels in character growth. I mean, let's look at uh, uh, um, uh, 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 Captain America, Captain America, the, uh, the first Avenger, and then Captain America's uh, Winter Soldier. Very, I mean, it's the same character but different movies, and it's also, but even in both movies, the same character grows up. You know, in, in the first Avenger, he's he has this rose-colored glasses on. He sees the world differently. In the Winter Soldier, he's a very different character at this point. He's been an Avenger, and now he's seen like what's really going on. Iron Man 1 and 2, you know, there's two different characters. Thor 1, 2, 3, there's all three different characters. By Thor 3, he's a totally different character that goes into Avengers uh, Infinity War and goes into Endgame. I mean, in Endgame, we see a totally different Thor. So what I really like in the MCU is in, in, in their movies, in their stretch of movies, they've shown you, they show you different characters. 
and we need to appreciate the different characters that we get in all these movies um and i really appreciate the one i got in spider-man far from home uh does anybody have any final thoughts anything they want to get out uh before we go well i want to make it public i called it early on quentin <laughs> of back of course you did <laughs> yes i called it quentin back with uh he, he designed Bart. He co-designed it. You actually really her. did. And it's it's amazing how you did that. I, and before anyone saw the movie, you were like, I, be, I bet you they're going to do something with Bart. And boom, you did it. So I'll give you that one. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm taking all credit for that. <laughs> Daniel? Sorry about that. Uh, no, I, I think we covered a lot of it. Just For me, it's just a complete Spider-Man experience. Like you said, it's Peter growing up and, and learning and the evolution of with great power coming great responsibility exactly. and an object lesson in that with Edith and losing it. And I just thought that they did a really good job of, of not telling us what Peter's learning, but showing us him learning. And people were saying, well, they haven't said the words like, you're going to get them. You got to vintage a symbol after 10 years. Show them a fucking patient. So I think that, you know, being able to capture the themes of Spider-Man and translate them well to an updated story because... I like Kyle said earlier, Mysterio is a disgruntled special effects guy, but what is that in 2019? That's someone mm-hmm. who can mastermind the, the, the same special effects that we watched. The, the fact, I, I need to go back and watch it a second time because the Mysterio sequence is so disorienting because Peter can't trust what he sees, but neither can we as the, the viewers. Yes. It's very immersive in that way in those moments so that when you get to those big fight scenes, you feel like that's one of the best things they've done that John Watts has done with this uh, property is you feel not just invested in Peter, but you feel like you're along the ride. You're on the ride with him. You right. feel like a, yeah. if you will, a, a, a spider on his shoulder. Like you feel like you're there with him fighting this fight. You feel the drama. You feel him run out of webbing. That's such a dumb old Spidey trope that I didn't yeah. see coming. And it was so exciting that because he was like out of webbing. And he, he wasn't like, I'm out of webbing. What do I do? He's like, out of webbing, I'm going to build a bomb now. And he builds a bomb and then takes down the rest of the drones. It is so refreshing. To watch, yes, that's one of the things the Marvel movies always done. They made science cool. Being smart's cool in the Marvel universe. Yes, and something Mysterio said so early: don't apologize for being the smartest person in, in the room. room. And, mm-hmm. and I, I thought that that was really telling because I thought that was truly Quentin Beck saying, "Look, yeah. you're actually the smartest one in here. Like you are more on the ball than anyone of them, and you're smarter than me, which is why one I, I, I legitimately think Beck liked Peter and wanted to walk away." But that yeah. Tony Stark in him, that Uncle Ben in him, that Aunt May in him, wouldn't let him do it. I have a question for you guys. I understand the hesitancy to accept or like kind of celebrate the the unmasking. How did you feel when May found out in the last movie? When May found I didn't out, like it, to be honest. Okay. Okay. I honestly, what for me when May found out, I was again. I don't know how I felt about that. It, it, it's kind of like when when your aunt finds out that you know this is what you're doing. When May found out, I was like, yo, this is kind of crazy. Like. Is she gonna now turn into the overprotective aunt? But it seems like she's been she's cool with it, and so what I would have what I would have done is what I would have if uh, I don't know I'm not, I'm not no please don't fantasy book I'm just I'm just curious to see how the reaction was because it turned out to be a pretty good part of the story. That's, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's it's so much more realistic than having him sneak out of their apartment. Exactly. But if, but if, I want if, I want to play devil's okay. advocate real quick. It's the butt part. So. Throughout the first, uh, what's that? The homecoming. The whole time they made Aunt May so so protective and so defensive. Then she's shocked when when she sees him, and then when you see her again, she's like perfectly fine with it. He like, saved fact, the like, world. 
No, it's kind of hard to be like, you know what? May he die for what she blipped the world. Was she blipped? We never saw the development. We don't need to. There's no story there. That's that's a television show. That's not a movie. No, there's a story between Parker being on a bus during during when the spaceship came in, and May seeing Spider Man as Peter Parker in the bedroom at the end of Homecoming. You get what I'm saying? Like, there's a gap between the bedroom scene and the bus. But they're able to shorthand that because you see the development. You don't need to show it. It's like, um, uh, I don't know if you guys watch Young Justice. People got mad about the five-year time skip. No. But the, the beauty of no. that was no. that you're you're able to tell those stories. Not tell In between, yeah. You're able it, to you're able show to, the impact. Yes. The Because the point of the story is the impact, right? Pretty it's much. What changes afterwards. So if we get to yeah. the changes, we're able as an intelligent audience to fill in that gap. I mean, it's, it's a level of respect that Marvel shows their audiences that a lot of companies don't. Right, that's true. I mean, it's just I probably because I have such an attachment to the Aunt May, um, Peter Parker dynamic. He's eighty-eight years old in the comics. I know, <laughs> not versus May with him looking good. I, I get good. it. It's, it's kind of hard. Sometimes it's kind of hard to separate book canon from movie. And this one was sometimes like. I wish I at least would have saw the conversation. She's you also she's also not Aunt May from Into the Spider Verse because Into the Spider Verse Aunt May actually knows and she helped build his whole his whole like she, she's involved. So this yeah. is well, there is a part in the comics where Aunt May finds out about Peter. Yes, uh, and then she does it. Renew your vows, right? Yeah, and renew your vows. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that that story? No, like? she reveals she's already knew, always known in three hundred or. Whenever uh, she died, the first time she will show it new. Right. And then she's yeah. brought back and, and told a bunch of shit. They tell, they milked it. We're going to tell Aunt May thing four times in the comments. Oh, yeah. So they they definitely, so they the definitely. And we ate it up. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. So I'm, I'm not mad per se. I just, I just wanted, I just would have hated if, you know, because she was already overprotective in the beginning. I would have hated if she, if she was even more so. But she just seems so chill about it now. Like, it's like, you know what? You were She went in to Hillman, man. She exactly. was on a different world. She, she probably went to a bunch of steps. She's cool, man. <laughs> somebody got this, baby. Hey, hey, no, for real, but no, no, that that is true. She she did go to Hillman, but no. Um, thank you, thank you for coming through, God, Daniel. Like this, this is a, this is a really fun one. Um, uh, hey, Kyle, this was fun. Thanks for uh, making yeah. the time. Um, let me see. What will be? What, what what's the next comic book movie we got? Because I think we're almost done. Joker. With Joker. Well, you don't know. do it. Reconsider. <laughs> Read some literature hey, no. on the subject. Hey, no. so, so, Anything but watch it. Don't watch so it. So for Joker, I'm, both I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. Brian Azzarello. I'm making a dude bro incel like sympathy <laughs> film, and I need no one to watch it. <laughs> we get those every not every time a white kid shoots up a school, we get the same movie. This is that movie. Don't support this movie. Yeah, I, you know what? You know when when I first heard about the movie, I was expecting Brian Azzarello like that. You know. Did you guys read the Brian Azzarello uh, Joker? Oh, you mean novel? like actual source material that he said he's not following? Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, man, yeah. that that was that that was a Joker novel that I would have expected to, for that because that that does make a good movie. But I guess they're they're making one that's not in the universe, and then it's uh, it's you know it's it has no ties to any comic movie, which means <sighs> Todd Phillips had a movie he wanted to make and said, well, "Let me put the Joker as a title character. We'll just make that. Let's make Taxi Driver so with the Joker." Up. And, exactly. and get the comic book people to watch it and then get the film people to watch it because again it's going to be like Taxi Driver it's going to be really really I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a Harry Potter movie that's nothing to do with the Buster Gibson movies right, just right. you wait but <laughs> Harry anyway. Potter is going to be a tech, tech so, nerd so, so 
right now we know that we're not gonna get Daniel on that cast. So. Absolutely fucking not. No. <laughs> but anyway, I love myself too much. But um, so but no, honestly, thank you for this. We've been trying to get you know we've been trying to actually do this since Endgame. So it's it's, it's amazing that we're able to do this now at this point. Thank you for coming through. Um, hopefully, maybe we could do like because um, so what this week in comics does um every once in a while every every third uh. Wednesday, we pick up a comic book and we just uh, review it or we review a run. Maybe we'll be able to get you for one of those. Um, other than that, uh, we got nothing else to talk about right now. Uh, we talked about Spider Man, we talked some Endgame. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will catch you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>